Hello and welcome. My name is Robin Marriott of Property EU, and I'm delighted to be hosting this second edition of the Urban Land Institute's Vanguard podcast series. The ULI brings together real estate and land use experts from around the world with a clear mission to shape the world via the built environment and have a transformative impact in neighbourhoods, cities and communities. And this podcast will focus on that future and that transformative impact. Now, the UNI's Young Leaders Group recently selected 10 outstanding young professionals already making waves in the industry and calling them the new real estate vanguard. And I am delighted to be able to welcome one of them today, Nicholas Porschka. Nicholas, uh, thanks so much for joining us today to talk a little bit about yourself, your business, and also where you see the real estate industry headed. After all, it seems that your company, which is called Drop, is in the vanguard of some new approaches in what is sometimes referred to as last mile logistics. So to set us off, Nicholas, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself to set the scene, who you are, where you come from and, and your background? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, sure. I'm, I'm Nicholas. I'm one of the three co-founders of Drop. What we do at Drop is um, we build the infrastructure platform for same-day delivery um, for online shops. So uh, we enable any online shop to, to get their order delivered same day, basically. Before I did this, um, basically, uh, I'm, I'm originally from Hamburg, uh, grew up there, grew up uh, close to Frankfurt for a couple of years as well. Moved to the UK for my studies, did economics, um, politics, later computer science, and then worked in consulting for four and a half years, focusing on logistics, e-commerce and tech. And actually one of my pet projects was uh, research on smart cities. And then going on from there, last year in spring, I started drop from my living room in Berlin. Yes. Now you're in a sector that is has been incredibly hot and, and looks to be getting even hotter. And from my perspective, I, I do see various companies um, trying to provide a solution to a delivery, basically, of, of parcels. Yours is uh, probably slightly different to many others out there. Can you dig in a little bit for us and explain really the concept behind it and also what gave you perhaps the initial impetus to start the, the company? Of course. So what we observed and observed is that consumers want to receive their online orders. They place in, in, with e-commerce companies fast, seamlessly, and sustainably. And if you look at other parts of the world, for example, in China, most orders um, are delivered same day already. And there are big players out there. JD.com is one of them having a network of 4,000 or more than 4,000 warehouses across the country offering 90% of their orders same day or next day. And if you go to the US, uh, you're seeing a similar development it's a lot driven by Amazon, who's building up many dedicated same-day fulfillment centers within city centers, but also a bit outside. And we're seeing this development also in Europe now, and um, this is the need we want to serve. So our product is basically targeted towards e-commerce companies, so it's B2B, and um, it's a same-day delivery infrastructure platform um, consisting of pure operational part of warehousing and fulfillment. So we have as micro-fulfillment center, uh, centers in cities, 
At the moment, they are around 300 square meters big, each of them. They will be uh, much bigger in the future. Here, we store the products of online shops on behalf of online shops and then offer return uh, deliveries and returns within three hours or in any two-hour time slot. On top of that, we have um, quite a lot of tech to make the shopper experience as seamless as possible. So with our tech, you you can see as a consumer in the shop very early on how fast the particular product can be delivered to your place based on uh, based on the location and product availability in our warehouses. And at the same time, we try to make life easy for online shops through tech by, for example, managing their inventory correctly and making sure that the right product is at the right um, time at the right location. Yes. So, Nicholas, this is where um, companies seem to be merging. On the one hand, it looks like real estate. On the other, as you said yourself, there's a there's a tech component because I believe you know Drop has is, is an app is an app essentially that uh, your customers can use. So, just talk to us a little bit about how you see the company. You have to find sites. You you mentioned the sites that are ideal. So that is real estate. Talk to us a little bit how you source those. Uh, what the potential complexities might be, and on the other hand, the tech side of it. And which which are more which of those are more important? Would you say? It's it's hard to say uh, that uh, which one is more important. Um, but what the value we try to provide is really connecting the tech with the physical. So basically using all the data we have from our physical operations, from our warehouses and leveraging this data towards the online shop. So uh, a shopper can see the delivery speed, for example, and and also vice versa, right? So it is, I would say we're, we're definitely a tech company and all our processes, everything we do is very tech driven, but what makes us strong in a way is the fact that we combine this with the physical infrastructure and with regards to our warehouses the big benefit we provide to an online shop working with us is that they can store their inventory locally at different locations very close to the to the consumer instead of uh, in one single warehouse and um we we source these warehouses um mostly at the moment through uh, real estate agents, actually. We also aim to build up relationships um, with landlords directly because we realize there are a few things that might not necessarily be on the market, um, but that uh, are nevertheless, nevertheless interesting to us. Um, and we are really looking for warehouses that are quite central. So in many of our warehouses are actually literally in the middle of the city center that are easy to access by bike and um, where we can become part of the neighborhood and kind of blend in with the neighborhood. Yes, you mentioned uh, easy access by bike. I think uh, any conversation to do with real estate nowadays has to include an ESG component. How are you meeting the kind of challenges in, uh, in, in terms of your business? I've, I see um, sustainability as a journey um, and it's quite hard to get to the perfect solution from day one, uh, the, the, the perfectly sustainable setup from day one, especially um, if you are in the physical world and not just in the digital world. So we are 
our our strategy is to measure everything and uh, to to learn what our CO two footprint is, and then reduce where possible. And we're trying really hard to do this. And then anything we can't reduce in the short term to compensate. There are two things that make our solutions our solution much more um, environmentally friendly than alternatives. The first one is our last mile delivery is exclusively uh, by e-cargo bikes and events um, that are charged uh, with sustainable electricity. And the second one is that we avoid packaging throughout the process because the, the items, the products that we ship are shipped from a local warehouse. So actually the distance from the warehouse to the recipient is quite short. So we don't need extra packaging to, to protect it against any outside uh, factors. Yes. Nicholas, we haven't said actually how old your company is. Maybe you could just mention when you first launched it. And then you've explained a lot already about it. But what's the traction been? Has it actually um, been able to take off quite quickly? Or has it been a slow burn? And which cities have you been able to open up in so far? So we started on a very small scale in spring 2021. So last year, essentially, and uh, started by quite slowly actually in order to really understand what our customers want how we can set up operations and so on um, we've since accelerated our development and by now we are working together with around 30 online shops that are mostly direct to consumer brands across sectors such as food and beverage cosmetics um, fashion personal care pet food uh, and others and we are live in in six cities across germany um, mostly the the big biggest cities and with that we cover around five million people in germany we see that we're absolutely loved by consumers more than nine out of ten would recommend a drop to their friends and we also see that shops that work with us see a very big value in us if an order is delivered with drop, um, they see a higher loyalty and uh, a higher likelihood of, of the shopper buying the product, which is, of course, very important for them and, and also for us um, because we provide value. Yes, yeah, so it's a still a very very young company. Congratulations, by the way, on the on the progress that you've you've made so far. But j just given that it's so young, I, I bet you've already encountered um, some significant sort of challenges and obstacles to get over in in a startup mode. Whether that be to do with the real estate market or or tech or something else, can you just tell us a little bit about some of the main ones that you've encountered? And if you could literally wave a magic wand to find a solution to some of these things what would those things be many challenges and i've also done many mistakes the good thing is i'm trying to learn from them and not not do them a second time one of the challenges has definitely been uh, being able to find suitable warehouse spaces faster so many of the spaces that are on the market are actually too small for us um, or not in suitable neighborhoods or require quite a lot of renovation work because they, they were built for different purposes. And um, regarding the magic wand on this one, I have the hope that there are 
many spaces that are not actively advertised on the market that could be suitable for us, like former archives uh, in office buildings, for, for example, basements that are not being used, things like that. I, I would use the one to basically get transparency over what there is out there in the market that you might not be able to uncover. That's definitely one of the challenges. Another challenge as a startup, as a young startup, I feel that we have to do many trade-offs due to uh, resource constraints. And uh, if I had a magic wand, it would be great to already have the perfect recipient journey in place, the perfect tech for our operations and support all of our shop systems um, and not having to prioritize that diligently um, and uh, missing out opportunities in a way. Yes, of course. And just going back to one point that I, certainly the real estate listeners will be very interested in. I believe you mentioned that, um, well, you talked about the difficulty of finding appropriate sites. Often, actually, they're not large enough. But at the same time, you said that you will probably be seeking larger and larger and opening larger sites. If that's the case, can you explain why that would be? What are the dynamics behind needing more and more space? Yes, it's definitely a key challenge because we have to predict what size of a warehouse we need in the future, how long we can stay there and when we need to bigger uh, when we need to move to a bigger space. The reason for that is that we keep onboarding new shops that have uh, new products that we need to store somewhere. And also in the future, we will even onboard bigger shops with even more products and Therefore, our warehousing needs will, will increase and increase over time. At the same time, we simply can't afford renting out a 5,000 square meter warehouse today because uh, the rental costs would just kill us. Um, and this is the trade-off we need to, to make between costs today and uh, space need in the future. Yes, exactly. Um, just another question perhaps on the, 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 the bigger climate that you're operating in. You know, we're, we're seeing challenges across the board globally and uh, you don't need me to outline them, but whether it's the rising costs uh, of to do to do with construction, um, consumers feeling feeling the pain in many in many countries. Are you already seeing any effects on your customers and therefore your business or is it kind of too early to say? On the consumer behavior part, uh, at least for our shop partners, we do not see any effects yet. Um, although consumer spending has dropped overall, we did not see any any drops for our customer base. I'm not 100% sure why, why this is. I imagine that uh, people have cut back costs first on on uh, other products, product groups such as traditional grocery or, or travel, things like that, and less on cosmetics or other things we store. At the same time, I, I do pay a lot of attention to energy prices, supply chain problems, and, and uh, inflation. And I find these concerning, but I'm, I, I think we're fortunate that uh, so far, at least, on the demand side, we haven't seen any significant effects. Interesting. Okay. And then many of the people that listen to these uh, podcasts, our podcast series, um, are interested in the entrepreneurial side of it. And of course, you are proving to be one of them, perhaps for their benefit. How did you 
begin to to start a business what made you want to do it was there something in your background for example was that always there or was that something that occurred to you maybe later in your professional life i believe that you spent a number of years as a as a consultant for example at mckinsey yes i think it was somewhere part of me already this this desire to start a business i remember back in my childhood years i i kept uh coming up with new business ideas about selling whatever or providing whatever service just setting up a little business so it was there it took me some time to figure out that this is what i really wanted to do so this is why after after studying i joined consulting already having in my mind that one of the the, the the options I could be pursuing later on is starting my own business, but I also had other ideas in my mind. What made me attracted to entrepreneurship is two, two things primarily. Firstly, getting the chance to build something, not just the product, but also an organization and uh, also building people, like developing people um, personally. This is something I just enjoy doing a lot. And the second aspect of it is the diversity of um, tasks that that basically I encounter as an entrepreneur every day. Um, in the beginning, I had to do absolutely everything myself, um, looking, looking for the real estate, doing the deliveries, uh, doing sales and so on. So extremely diverse. Now, fortunately, I've I've got a very strong team to to do this. But still, throughout the day, uh, the ver variety of topics that uh, I spend time on, I find really fascinating, and it really drives my learning, which which I love. And what is the overall ambition for Drop? Um, as you said yourself, it's it's one year old, but it it is beginning to have traction. You are opening sites. You're in Germany, but perhaps not every part of Germany that you would like to be. What's the overall ambition? The ambition is, of course, very big. Um, <laughs> so we want to become the most loved and recognized logistics brand in Europe while building the leading same-day delivery infrastructure platform for all online shops that are not Amazon. Um, and uh, this means that uh, we would like to expand geographically. So first of all, get a higher coverage in Germany, um, covering more cities, co covering more suburbs as well, and at some point rural areas. And it also means um, looking at other European markets in the medium run, where we feel that um, our service can can create make a difference and um, we can enable online shops to be more successful. And of course, uh, good luck with that. Um, you know, I think you kind of represent the the new streak of entrepreneurial real estate tech guys that we're seeing across across Europe and you kind of embody that so thanks very much for sharing your story with us so far now on the ULI Vanguard series we're very nosy we love to know what people perhaps are taking inspiration from when it comes to other podcasts or maybe reading books etc is there anything that you're currently reading or have read recently that you've drawn inspiration from or could recommend to listeners Yes, a podcast I love is Acquired by Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal. It tells the story of great companies and what made them special and successful. And it's 
many companies, old companies, new companies, Berkshire, Hathaway was on there. Recently, I listened to uh, Amazon and AWS, and I really love how they dig really deep into, into what makes this company successful. Um, and a book I always like to recommend is The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. It runs you through a couple of tough decisions you're most likely to face in the course of building and managing a startup, including on how to hire, how to demote, um, and also things such as how to manage your own psychology. Um, really, really recommend it for me. Awesome. Nicholas Porsche, good luck and thank you very much. Thank you so much.